All right, welcome back to the big program. 10.09, man, we were, that's, this is the longest we've ever exceeded the 10 o'clock start time, Duke. Yeah, we're, uh, good thing we don't have spec on, or else he'd be bad-mouthing us uh, when he's on with like Gregor this, this like afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> no, normally we're pretty darn good, I think. Very close, yeah. Just the fact, we went, we went, uh, well, Damon, Damon was good. Damon, Damon uh, Hughes was really good, and he was started talking about some old stuff. And Yeah, we needed the Taylor Swift update, yeah, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so... Uh, lots of texts coming in, and I guess you know Hockey Canada and what's been happening has been really the story of the morning. And five members of that 2018 World Junior Hockey Team, they've been told to surrender to London, Ontario police to face charges of sexual assault, according to a couple of sources. Now, uh, these charges are, are connected to that alleged alleged group sexual assault in a hotel room after a Hockey Canada fundraiser in June of 2018. And that was a like a fundraiser gala event, and it was to celebrate Hockey Canada and the junior team's win at the World Championship. So the players have not been charged yet, but they've given, they have been given a set period of time to present themselves uh, at London Police Headquarters and then after that, they they will have obviously representation, and a lot more will will come out after that. Now, the other thing that's been coming out in the last two days, and then just recently in the last couple of minutes, we've heard about players that are on that team, and you don't have to be a rocket surgeon to connect dots that these players that have been granted leaves of absences with their NHL teams. And we're talking about, and there's four players that have been granted leaves of absences with their NHL teams and one player in Europe. So the players that are all on that 2018 team have been granted, uh, the five that played on that team have been granted leave of absences with their teams. So uh, that's all starting to come out a lot more with uh, the Twitter world that we live in. And um, now, you know, yesterday and the day before, it was announced with uh, Dylan Dubé and Carter Hart. And now there's been the two players in New Jersey that, according to Chris Johnston, that have been uh, granted indefinite leave of absence, and that's Michael McLeod and Cal Foote. So those two players have been granted uh, leave of absences there. And then uh, a player in Europe, uh, Formington, has been granted a leave of absence uh, formerly of the Ottawa Senators uh, organization. So that's what we have been kind of gathering information, and that's kind of where we sit with that. Again, this is a fluid situation. We'll know a lot more. Uh, Hockey Canada obviously is not talking. The NHL is uh, – teams are not talking. They've diverted – their stance and their anything as far as a release goes or an announcement goes, they're diverting it to the NHL as well as the NHLPA is not saying anything. Again, no charges have been laid here. And a, the biggest thing to kind of say here is that more information will be kind of made available in the next, you know, day, two days, whatever. And, you know, we're seeing this right before the All-Star break. I'm not going to put you on the spot here, Schlemmer, but this is just, uh, you know, this is a situation where 
we've known about this for a long, long time. It's been in the news for four or five years. Hockey Canada has been under the microscope and handled this very poorly, and that's where we sit right now. Fair. Uh, this is a tough one for me. It's a it's a complex situation. It's unfortunate. Um, obviously, coming up as a junior young hockey player, um, you know, these situations unfortunately happen all the time. Um, sometimes players are at fault. Sometimes, you know, there's a there's a female that is a willing participant at the time, or maybe it changes later. I don't know. I'm a dad of daughters, mm-hmm. so you know that's that's a big part of it for me too. I think the biggest thing for me is nobody really knows what happened except mm-hmm. the people that are there. Let's not jump to conclusions. The thing let's is, res- that, let's respect this girl. Yeah, that, that's res- the the right? main thing here is that you have to you know there was an, an, an alleged rape here. Yeah, uh, and. The thing is that Hockey Canada tried to sweep this under the carpet. Yeah, that, that, they've been trying for a long time. Right, that's that's where they went wrong. But the thing, I mean, the thing for me is this girl has a family and a mm-hmm. reputation. These players are obviously in the public eye now. Their reputation, their family's reputation, is tarnished enough. So let's mm-hmm. let's just take a pause here and wait until the facts come out before we try to. Ruin people's lives here. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we come back, uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back with Craig Koshin from the Milwaukee Bucks pre and post game show and talk a little bit about what's going on with the Bucks and the coaching change and where this team is moving forward. That's coming up. Carrie Schlemko, Sports fourteen forty. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. Time to talk a little NBA basketball now with Craig Koshin from uh, the Milwaukee Bucks pre and post game show. Uh, among other things, we'll also talk a little uh, Milwaukee Brewers, hopefully uh, later in the interview. But uh, Craig, welcome to Sports fourteen forty. You're with Kevin Carries and former NHLer David Schlemko. Uh, thanks for hopping on this morning. Yeah, you got it. How are you guys doing this morning? We're doing Today, tomorrow. I don't even know. I'm <laughs> <laughs> good. Have you had any sleep over the last 24 hours with everything that's been developing with the coaching situation in Milwaukee? Yeah, well, you know, yes. I mean, it's been it's been crazy. Um, I think you know. I think the timing of of things like this in decisions is is maybe the greatest thing that maybe catches some people off guard but um you know when you see things brewing and and um you know it's been an interesting few months let's just put it that way um you know they're they decided to finally make a move here and um i I think they're going to be i think they're going to be better off for this let's just put it that way so what was it craig is it just the fact that maybe it's a team that is so close to being a championship team that they felt they needed a, a different voice with a little more experience. What what was it? Well, I mean, I think that's part of it. Um, but I, I think I think the real bottom line to this entire story scenario is you have uh, somebody in Adrian Griffin, um, and nothing against him. He's a good guy, um, but he is not an experienced veteran NBA coach. And I, I think he was asked and tasked to do a lot when they hired him. Um, the hire itself was uh, maybe a bigger eye opener than his dismissal yesterday. To be honest with you, just because you're you're taking over uh, a team that won the NBA championship a couple years prior to that, um, and then right after he gets here, um, you know they trade for Dame. 
Um, and so, okay, rookie head coach who's been in the league for a long time as an assistant, uh, good luck with this. Um, and, and let's face it, uh, Coach Bud, uh, who was here prior for, you know, for five years, did a hell of a job, won him a, a championship. And, um, you know, NBA coaches don't last long with teams no matter what happens. But he had a, um, a heck of a defensive scheme and a lot of defensive success. And it couldn't be more of a 180 right now uh, for, for what we've seen out of this team since the coaching change. So, you know, there, there, there are a few things that go into it. I, I just think it was uh, a lot to ask out of a guy who has never been a head coach before um, at any level to, to do what they asked him to do. Hmm. Craig, you talk about the defense. Um, going from fourth and D deficiency to 22nd, does, does that all fall on Adrian, Adrian Griffin, or is that uh, a little bit of everybody? I think it's a little bit of everybody. Um, you know, they brought they brought him in. Um, hopefully, it, at least the goal was as a transition to this team. Know these players know how to play defense, and and you've coached. Um, you know, the Raptors. You've been in charge of their defense the last several years, and it's been very good as well. Um, so I think they were hoping the transition would be smooth. Um, but you know, sometimes when you when you have your own ideas, you have. Uh, your own terminology, um, you, you have your own game plan, uh, and then right after, uh, again, they traded, traded uh, Drew Holiday mm-hmm. after they made this coaching uh, change to bring in Adrian, and and that that has a lot to do with it as well. He's, you know, Drew's getting older. Don't get me wrong. Maybe he doesn't have the you know the same quick step and and all that, but um, he's so knowledgeable and. What he what he can help with is everybody else to be, you know, doing the thing they're supposed to be doing defensively as well. And and his lack of presence certainly has uh, had a lot to do with this as well. So, you know, I, I think all those things. It's just bottom line. I think it's just a combination that you know it certainly has not worked out on the defensive end at all. Craig Koshan, Milwaukee Bucks pre and post game host, uh, is our guest on the Sports fourteen forty show with Kevin Carries and David Schlemko on a beautiful Wednesday morning here in Edmonton, coming up to ten thirty. And when you look at Doc Rivers, uh, Craig, the experience is there. He's been around a long, long time. He won in two thousand eight with Boston. What kind of style will? the team kind of go will, will they take the identity under a doc rivers or, or is there a different kind of style that they'll play do you think moving forward you know i i think there's such talent on this team uh, i think when you make a a change like the bucks um have made here and the in the type of person they're they're bringing in uh doc's such a um an engaging individual such a communicator um, highly successful. I mean, forget about all the criticism on um, him, you know, losing a lot of playoff games. He won a championship. He knows how to do that. Um, he's been around forever. Um, and I, I think they're going to take on his personality mm-hmm. to a point where it's like Doc may just get out of their way a little bit more than what they're used to mm-hmm. here right now, to be honest with you. And that's not a bad thing because he's got in my opinion, the, the experience and the voice to remind them of what needs to be done to win and what needs to get done to win championships. And, and I think that's what the, you know, the club is, is hoping this change will bring. Um, I, 
I mean, I, I'm I'm looking forward to having him, you know, be on the sideline from from that standpoint alone because, you know, Bud was very much business uh, when he was here, and and he's the one that that brought them, you know, the success and turned them into a championship winner. And you know, Doc's personality and Bud's personality uh, uh, certainly are very different. That's for sure. But uh, um, it's going to be an interesting transition from that standpoint. But those are some of the things that that I think Doc will bring. Craig, how, how would you say that the chemistry has started to mesh and where it's at with Damian Lillard since coming over in the trade with Giannis in the sense of what they're trying to do and incorporate with the two of them, obviously being the top two stars on the team, but are they kind of at that point where you see a real full-blown 100% chemistry or are they kind of still working on that? Oh, they're definitely still working on that. I think off the court, uh, everything is great, and I think that's the starting point. Um, I think on the court, I think part of this uh, confusion as well um, has been what what are they actually running offensively? It seems incredibly obvious that uh, Giannis can set a pick and he can roll and Dame can can do the same thing. It's just not going to be on one individual. Um, And and we just haven't seen uh, much of that at all. So uh, I, I think that's another thing that we should all expect to see. Um, it's going to make the players happy. Offensively, we know this team can score. Uh, there's no question about that. But I, I think there's going to be um, some different folds put into the into the file, if you will. And and um, you know they're going to continue to create that. I I personally, uh, when when Dame arrived, uh, was incredibly impressed by his professionalism and his willingness to take a backseat to Giannis. Um, and there's some games where he hasn't had to. Um, he just feels it, and you can see it, and Giannis can see all that too. But this is Giannis's team. This is not a, a shared thing. And, and Dame, I think, is well aware of that. But, man, if, if, uh, if this is Giannis's deal, there couldn't be a, a, a guy any greater than Dame to be you know, his running mate through all of this. And, and I, going into this, I, I just said if they can get this done – together uh get in a rhythm get that chemistry you know intact by by the spring and then finish strong and and hopefully you know make a a serious run at a championship i i I always kind of viewed it that way that this is going to be developing for a long period of time so um, they made strides no question about it now craig end of the day this is a really good basketball team that's sitting pretty good in the standing still now is there was there a certain nail in the coffin or certain sort of dysfunction that ultimately led to griffin being fired did he lose the room um you know was it something like that well you know from from what i understand from the team i i think the i don't think the players had um a huge issue or a lot of pushback with him i i think I think there are a group of guys that that play at this level that want to be coached, and and I think you know those are the guys that maybe continued to go to him in the in the last couple of months and say, hey, you know, what if we tweak the defense like this, or what if we start, you know, uh, focusing on you know another aspect, and and you know, Griff was pretty open to that. Um, I just think. I just think you know when Giannis went on went on a post game rant about uh, where's the strategy and all that after that Houston loss uh, about a month ago. Um, to me, that was really serious stuff, and I think ownership 
can see all that, um, and I think ownership, you know, wants some answers to some questions maybe we don't have because uh, they own the team. Um, so I think there was there was kind of a combination to all that, and and I also think that loss at Cleveland uh, last week, Jimmy Haslam is is uh, one of the new owners of the team, and he sat courtside, and I don't think he enjoyed being in his hometown with his new basketball team losing by 40 points either. I'm not, I'm not saying he did this, but um, it's uh, it's a, I think it's a group decision. And in my opinion, in sports, professional sports, everything comes from the top and works its way down. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. Craig Koshan, uh, Milwaukee Bucks, pre- and post-game host uh, is our guest on Sports 1440. Would you say, Craig, that it is, uh, you know, the, the Eastern Conference is still going through Boston, or is Milwaukee kind of toe-to-toe with them right now? And, I mean, Philly's in there too. Cleveland's still got a good team. Uh, where, where do you see the East kind of shaking down here? Well, I mean, after what the Bucks have gone through, uh, clearly it's it's Boston. They've they've been at the top really for uh, the majority of this season, and the Bucks have been right behind. Philly's been right behind. I mean, you have to look at those three teams uh, just based on on their veteran experience and success right now. Uh, and the Bucks have have some adjustments. Obviously, they need to make starting today uh, with Doc coming in. So uh, they'll be there for sure. Um, and it's uh, you know heck it's still it's still January so we have a ways to go here but um, I I certainly would think that the standings the way that we see them right now are going to be pretty similar uh, to the end of the year and the, you know the Bucks obviously are hoping to be you know one of those teams in the East that can uh, overtake Boston but don't forget this the the Bucks had the easiest schedule in the league the first half of the year and now they have pretty much the toughest schedule to finish uh, in the last couple of months. So that's going to be an interesting twist as well. Boston, same scenario. Uh, They had, uh, I believe, the toughest schedule in the first half and will have maybe the easiest one in the second half. Mm -hmm. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how this unfolds. Just want to kind of switch gears here, Craig. First, little NFL talk. I mean, Green Bay, the state of Wisconsin, must have been going bananas. They yeah. they were so close to upsetting San Fran, and really, you know, with such a young team, I think it would be safe to say everyone in Wisconsin's pretty fired up about the future of the Packers. Yeah, no, no doubt. Uh, it's been it's been a roller coaster. A lot of question marks coming in with the transition of the new quarterback Jordan Love, and uh, no one's been happy with the defense all season long. They just fired Joe Barry uh, today, their defensive coordinator. Uh, but certainly, certainly as young as that offense was, and I think the the Packers were the youngest team to to make the playoffs in NFL history. And they hey, they won a game and could have won a second one they were right there as well so hopefully they'll be able to build on that experience you know the state's back to going crazy they yeah. they just want a quarterback once every 20 years thanks craig um moving on to baseball what's going on with the brew crew are they making a splash in free agency or what's going on well, they got they got Hoskins yesterday. That was big for them. Uh, they need to secure some positions, and and certainly uh, first base and DH um, is is a uh, you know that that uh, that was a huge pickup. That's for sure. And of course, he was out all last year with an ACL injury, so he's hoping to pick up on some really impressive numbers from the 2022 season. Um, I think that was a Brewer type of pickup for sure. 
um, a good one there. Uh, I think right now, guys, I think the biggest question mark is is if Corbin Burns is going to be part of this team, you know, by the time they hit spring training or really by the time uh, they open up the season. Um, so, what, I mean, to me, uh, a lot is going to ride on that decision of whether or not to keep him, trade him, uh, try to make a, a last run with him. I don't know top to bottom if they're in a position to make a serious run right out of the gates here but um new manager and pat murphy you know counts is over uh with the cubs now and talk about shaking up a state certainly he did that last fall so um i don't know i i think they're going to be in in decent shape but uh, i don't think right now there's high expectations across baseball for a lot of success there, but hmm. they generally surprise everybody by the end of the year, it seems. You, you know, Craig, they got one of the top prospects coming up in the pipeline in Jackson Churio. Is he yeah. going to be ready to, for opening day? Is he a guy that comes up midseason? Where, where's uh, where's he kind of coming in the organization? Well, uh, I mean, I, I'll i be honest with you, I, I I don't think they give him that eight-year, $80 million deal without the thought of playing him right out of the gates. And, and if he has some struggles at the major league level, hopefully they're not going to be too serious. But um, I think that's the plan going in. Um, he's certainly a, a special human being and a special baseball player, uh, but he's really young and you know hasn't been here uh, in this country for a very long time either. Um but yes, definitely that's the plan. I don't know if you expect a guy like that to make a huge splash right out of the gates, but I, I think he can be there for sure. Yeah, he's he's a top two, three prospect coming in here, so uh, will be interesting to see. Really appreciate your time today, Craig. Uh, thanks for the insight on Milwaukee, uh, the Bucks, the Packers, and the Brew Crew. Appreciate it. You got it, guys. Have a great day. That's Craig Koshan, Milwaukee Bucks pre and post game host. Also does some work with the Brewers. Yeah, this uh, young guy that's going to, I think he'll be the center fielder just by kind of watching his, uh, you know, his minor league development. He's only 19 years old, came in from Venezuela. I think the language and everything else, the culture uh, moving to, you know, the States is going to be a big thing for him to try to. Big adjustment. Big adjustment and things like that. You're paying him 80 million. I hope he makes a splash. (laughs) I would hope so. Uh, good young player. And slight, I think he's kind of he's got some wheels. Good defensively, got some, got some pop. Uh, he's uh, kind of the full package. Nice. When we come back, we'll wrap things up uh, on the Kevin Carey Show with uh, David Schlemko on Sports fourteen forty. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. Text coming in one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Husks says, "Great guest, love the basketball talk." And it was nice to have uh, Craig Koshin from Milwaukee on and. Um, Husk is just saying that because I agreed with him about the Pixar stuff. Saying that, <laughs> wow, yeah, the early Pixar is the best. I mean, we're talking about a, a veteran here, Duke of the Pixar extravaganza. Yeah, Bob, not quite as uh, kind. Uh, when <laughs> so touch, Bob has touch, Bob's been quiet. So well, Bob- I, I, and so we had uh, Nails texting earlier saying, where's Bob ripping apart Kevin? And I said, mm. obviously, Kevin hasn't been making quite as many egregious mistakes lately. <laughs> For Bob, but that's gonna bo- Bob's kind one, of our watchdog here yeah. on the program. Well, Bob, we're, I'm still interested in this little uh, showdown. One v one, yeah, yeah, one v one. Bob and I, yeah. Omg, Kevin. Now something that shows how deprived you are. <laughs> I have all the Disney and Pixar movies. 
They're so great. I, apparently we're not going to be doing any Disney or Pixar trivia. trivia. But Yeah, that's true. The trivia, he did say he would only challenge you in sports, not uh, pop culture. Okay, what about some Disney sports movies? Oh, there you I go. I wonder if Bob would want to go into that. Big isn't Mighty remember, Ducks guy. Isn't Remember the Titans of <laughs> Disney movie? I don't know about that, but I think American Underdog. The is, Kurt is Warner one Kurt is. Warner story. Uh, the Rookie. M- Miracle. Miracle. The Rookie. Which great movie, great movie about the old Tampa back then. They were the Devil Rays, yes, uh, the big lefty. And that was, uh, did you ever see that movie? I haven't seen okay. that one. So, uh, uh, Dennis Quaid is the, uh, oh, the actor. Oh, I've seen it. Never mind. One of I was cr- thinking Rookie of the Year. <laughs> also, 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 <laughs> also a great a movie, Disney. and I'm pretty sure a Disney movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, so the, one of the coolest parts in the Rookie movie because there's so many Rookie uh, movies and shows and. Uh, sitcoms and dramas and whatever was when he's driving down the highway and he passes that kind of he's going through like a speed trap and he goes it says your speed is da 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 he he goes hey maybe I should see how fast I'm throwing so he goes and he starts throwing a couple balls and he the 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 lights flicker on the um, on the what do you call it Duke speedometer no it's not a speedometer the lights (laughs) flicker on the radar uh, when you, it says you were going this fast, and so he throws the ball, and it says the you are whatever, and it, it said seventy six, and then he's like, oh, I threw it seventy six. I thought I was throwing a lot harder. He walks by where the lights were flickering, and then they flickered, and the, where the seven was, it turned to a nine. Yeah, like the bulbs were partially yeah. burnt out, so it filled in the rest of the <laughs> the head of the top of the nine. He's tucking ninety six, throwing some smoke, <laughs> and then his what would like it was his. His because he was a coach, his like kids were like, yeah, if we win this, then you have to go try out, like go to this open hmm. trial. I don't really remember the exact premise, but yeah, like what was he a forty six year old rookie or something? Yeah, he was in there. Yeah, because uh, he made the made the team. He made the team. Well, he went to the minors. They called them Old Man River, okay. Riv for short. So he went to the minors and uh, eventually got a call. I don't think, but you know what? The cool another cool part was he went to the state, and who knows if it's all true. It was in Arlington, uh, the ballpark at Arlington. Goes into the locker room and he sees like Wade Boggs was playing for for Tampa at that time, so he sees all these names and then he sees the back of his jersey. Uh, how about the garbage picking, field goal kicking Philadelphia phenomenon? What's that one that comes? <laughs> yeah, you haven't seen that one, Kev. I don't. I, <laughs> Maybe the worst movie ever made. What is it? It's it's exactly what that guy just described. Which I movie? I haven't seen it in forever. I'm just going to see if I can bring it up to can't even remember who's oh, in so it. Oh, so you just responded. That was from Jerry. Yeah. What was nope. the movie? <laughs> like, it's a garbage man who goes on to kick field goals. Oh. Hmm. Uh, Pillman says, yeah, it's called Disney Plus. We have, we all have everything. <laughs> yeah, thanks, uh, Tips, Pillman. Yeah, Disney Plus. So that's the actual name of the movie. The garbage picking, field goal kicking, Philadelphia hmm. phenomenon. No. Now the other Tony Danza. <laughs> oh, really? Now the other one, the other Disney movie that is outstanding is Invincible. You know that one, dude? Yeah. It was in Wahlberg in that. S- yeah, Mark oh, Wahlberg. Yeah, he was yeah. the okay. uh, the returner, the slash special teamer yeah. for the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, I saw that one. So, so you only watch sports movies? No, I watch all <laughs> kinds of movies. I'm so watching Kev, some great stuff. Let on. me try and entice you here with uh, the opening line of this uh, of the plot from Wikipedia. Barney Gorman, played by Tony Danza, <laughs> works hard as a garbage man in Philadelphia, but his career indirectly embarrasses his family. Barney's frustration is made worse by being a fan of the Eagles, who are mired in a slump. Due to a sticky lever in his garbage truck, Barney has developed a very strong kick. 
One day at the city dump, he kicks a water jug extremely far and catches the attention of a group of Eagles executives who are scouting the location to build a new stadium. The Eagles coach offers Barney a job as the team's new kicker, and the owner feels is an excellent publicity stunt to giving an average Joe a shot at the NFL. Well, I'm sure Bob has seen that one. <laughs> Come on, Bob. What a film. Just, uh, yeah, I don't know about that one. <laughs> I don't get it. It's a uh, Rotten Tomato score, 45%. Sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> and my texts are better today, Bob. Yeah, Bob's probably watched that one. And he says, uh, "What is he wants to get well, on this c- one. Because he said, so uh, sports movies for sure, you and Kevin can go at it. I'd be, or maybe he wants me and him to go at it. Yeah, for me, Duke, Duke. as the moderator. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's either he wants me to be the moderator when he goes up against you or vice versa. I'll bring in Nails, your buddy Nails, or that's your cousin, Nails. My my cousin once removed, I think, is the official term. My dad's cousin. Okay. So, yeah, Mark Wahlberg Eagles movie. That's another one. That's uh, Vince Papali. He was a bartender in Philadelphia. Uh, Dick Vermeil comes in as the Eagles coach. And said, we're going to have open tryouts. Anyone that wants to try out for the Eagles, you're more than welcome. And all these guys went to, oh, I don't know, what was it back then? Was it Veteran Stadium? I yeah, can't even remember. I. And they went out, they tried out, and this guy was the only guy that was even remotely close because he was a, a real speedster. And uh, this is a true story. Vince Papali, he played several years for the Eagles. Can you so imagine what, that happened nowadays? What's better? What's better, <laughs> Invincible or Rudy? Oh, invincible! I can't stand Rudy because <laughs> it's so. The, Laura fake. Baker, my wife, she th- thinks Rudy's the best show ever, and I can't. Every time it comes on, I'll either well, it's, it's automatic. Change the channel or leave the room. <laughs> it's not bad for you. I can't stand it. I just hate that show. <laughs> Who hates Rudy? <laughs> I do. I can't stand that guy. Uh, look up Tim. This is from BB. Look up Tim Mazzetti, Falcons kicker. Uh, long snapper. Um, I don't know. Bob is good. He's right out to lunch today, Bob. Long snapper and field goal kicker. Bob Lowe's taught me to snap and Cutler to kick. So that's what Bob so is. So maybe Bob is also challenging you to do like feats of strength in oh, long snapping really? and kicking. Bob does Imagine it all. That. Bob is big time. I want to meet this guy. Um, who did we have? Oh, we had on uh, Steve Tasker, remember? And Steve yeah. Tasker did the... The, uh, with Biron, with Marty Biron, the field goal kick. Oh yeah, yeah. And he yeah, tied his laces up and <laughs> had the big boot, uh, the big flat boot, ski boot. Yeah, I'm sorry, I can't believe he didn't beat. Like, I mean, even if you're a, and he's this guy's so close to the Hall of Fame, and he can't beat Marty Biron in kicking. That's surprising. Hmm. <laughs> Ed goes, isn't KK the Rudy of sports radio? <laughs> Oh boy. Are you? No. Are, there nice. you go. Does that make me Joe Montana and I'm carrying you out of here on my shoulders or what? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> See, HVAC Nick says, I'm with you, Kev. Sean Aston is Rudy is so lame. Hmm. Uh, so Oilers, Schlemmer, tomorrow take on Chicago. What do you learn from what happened last night uh, as a team? Day off today. And is it, even though they have a whole 10 days off, good thing to have a day off? I mean, maybe it's a mandated day off. I don't know. But yeah, I don't know if it's a mandated day off. Uh, it seemed kind of weird to have a. It's a full day off, or they're just not skating. Not skating day off. No media availability. Oh, okay. I mean, they, I'm I'm 
certain sometimes they send this out to the media someone will come in and do some film work or they're getting treatment or something yeah. like that that happens all the time just be like a video treatment day mm-hmm. rest is a weapon yeah but again when you look at the fact okay chicago's here and then tomorrow uh after the hawks game friday will be uh, uh probably a full practice because it's an afternoon game Right on be. Saturday against Nashville. Did you like afternoon games when you played? Well, I loved them oh. when they were over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You but know, it's lo- it's hard. It throws your routine off. Mm-hmm. The hardest thing for me was waking up in the morning and trying to eat that much food. Yeah, like five hours before the game or whatever. Um, but once a, once a game gets going, it's it's just like another game. And once it's over, it's like six o'clock and it's yeah. great. So two, yeah, because you're going you have a nice dinner and everything yeah, like that. Yeah, it's and not like eleven o'clock when you're walking out of the room. Yeah, so two fifteen or two o'clock game. Um, so you would get up if it would be a road game. They'd have a big buffet meal kind of thing, whatever. Yeah. And would you eat? What would you have a similar meal that you'd have even though you're having having it five hours earlier or whatever? Yeah, I mean most guys would eat the same meal like i would eat pasta chicken and salad for every game but mm-hmm. those early games some guys can do it yeah. like gut that pasta <laughs> and like chicken breast down at 10 mm-hmm. 9 in the morning i couldn't do it i'd eat breakfast so what, you'd just have a bunch of eggs and- i have eggs fruit pancakes some meat just try to eat it as much yeah. as i could big slab of bacon get the guts yeah. going yeah, about you just feel, six, six feel cup, horrible after. Six cups of black it, coffee. Yeah, you go up to your room to lay down after that breakfast, and you just feel horrible. But uh, by by the third period, you're glad you got got all that food in you. I would imagine, would you have more, like, bananas and stuff during those afternoon games than you would at night? Or Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'd have a little bit more to snack on between periods for sure. Did you get into the, were you a big smoothie guy? All these guys are walking around drinking the smoothies before, after, during? Uh, protein shakes after, yeah. yeah. That kind of came in maybe about like halfway through my career when yeah. the strength guys would have the protein shakes uh, in the room after the games. I'm I, sure, I I'm think sure they guys, all have them now. <laughs> these guys should be on the booster juice things, just walking through the, you know, whatever, and yeah, just pounding, crushing the booster juice stuff. I think everyone's all about the bio steel before games. And then, uh, yeah, the, the protein recovery after. Did you ever take, uh, a lot of guys take the salt pills or were taking them just so they, you know, if they were kind of getting yeah, dehydrated uh, or they needed the uh, salination or... Potassium, magnesium yeah. pills. Oh, yeah. All that. I took all that stuff. I could never sleep after games. There was, used to be an old catcher. Jim Layritz used to catch for the New York Yankees. He was so dehydrated after catching a game, he would, like, he would probably take down... One, two, four, it would be four of those milk cartons, so that's 16 liters of water. You would just pound it, crush it after. Wow. That's you, a lot that? of water. You got something, Duke, you got something to add here or what? Well, I, like... Uh, is, is this something that would happen after a little uh, a curling event for you in Delburn or what? Oh, yeah, I hydrate, after, I hydrate after the curling events, Kev, but yeah. it's, uh, I, I, I get to take it in a different form. But no, uh, J.S. Shiger, uh had di- di- dehydration uh, disorder. He would lose like 15 pounds in a mm-hmm. game. Wow. And uh, because when he'd like drink, like his stomach would also take in so much gas and mm-hmm. then he couldn't absorb the water or something. Uh, I don't know. But yeah, it was like just crazy. You would uh, uh, hear the stories of it after the fact. You know who uh, well, a good good guy to look at uh, on Friday? We'll have to ask Eddie how much he lost or lose would lose during a game. Oh, yeah. You know, as a, as a D lineman, offensive lineman, they always say lose tons and tons. I'm sure. That's why. Swatter weight. Oh, some of the best. Uh, like a memory or when you're trying to do an interview, this would be 
20, at least 25 years ago. Maybe not quite, 99, 2000. Uh, and Dwayne Mandruzic would be great for this. So you'd go into the Eskimos room after a game and the offensive line would have a, a keg of beer. <laughs> and they'd have a keg of beer and no one else could touch it. Like if a, if a guy wanted to come over, it was like, no, get out of here. And these guys would just, no one would want an interview because you, they didn't well, no, offensive linemen don't get interviews. And they would just sit there and crush this keg of beer. That's great. Oh, yeah. Even during like at the in during your career, Schlemmer, were there any guys like older school guys that were still like having trainers bring in and leaving uh, like a six pack in the stall for them or anything? Or was that pretty well phased out by the time you were rolling in? Um, on the road, definitely. Uh, we'd always have beers on the back of the bus. Ray Whitney was the guy who'd always yeah. uh, pay the bus driver to have beers on the bus when mm-hmm. I was a young guy. Uh, some of the older guys that had like kids on like a Saturday night, they let their kids in their room to play and they would have beers maybe way later on. But uh, hmm. I doubt that that kind of stuff is happening too much yeah. anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> Doesn't, it barely happens in Delburn with the Outlaws Duke. Not quite. That's yeah. yeah not quite. That I think I've said this before. I'm pretty sure it's written in the league's constitution that the home team has to provide a rack of beer for the visiting club. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a rule, a real rule. And then here's my last gripe of the day. So, and it's not really a gripe. When I do this broadcast for the team, I, I do it out of the goodness of my heart. They they spot me a little gas money this year for making the trek. But they say, yeah, as much beer as you want in the fridge up in the quote-unquote booth. And they're losing money now. Well, yeah, <laughs> you would think so. But shout out Rexy who did this. He's, he's like, yeah, it's all full for you. It is nothing but gin tempos, uh, those like ciders, fizzies, like those crisp pears and, and oh. uh, green apple and, a, and like vodka sodas. And I, I'm like expanding your well, like, I, I've, I've been drinking them because they're there, <laughs> yeah. but it's kind of like Rexy, you know, you could just throw like a case of Bud Light in there. Like that's perfectly fine. I'm a pretty simple man. My tastes are quite elementary. Yeah. So just watching the carbs, I oh. guess, I guess so. I don't know. A lot of fun today. Uh, thanks to all our guests that we had, uh, Jerry Matajong, Mark Spector, Rob Shrimp, uh, Danan Hughes and Craig Koshan. And also of course, our co-host, from 9 to 11, David Schlemko for Cougar Paint and Collision, powered by Cougar Paint and Collision, our family helping your family for over 40 years. Check out cougarcollision.com. Schlemmer, thanks for hopping in, offering some insight on the Oilers, and look forward to what's up on the weekend here. What do you got going? What do you got? Thanks, Kev. Always a pleasure. I'm not too sure. Didn't you say there's a game this weekend you're going to? Uh, i got a few things that are on the on he, top. This I weekend. think that he's talking uh, Golden Bears? UBC in town next weekend. Next oh, weekend. Well, yeah, you're coming Bears to that game. Are, Bears okay. are on the road in uh, Sas- this weekend. Yeah, and Sasky, so gotcha. that's a big one. So we'll go to that game the next weekend. Sounds good, Put buddy. it in your book. Uh, coming up, top of the hour, it is Fantasy Frenzy with... The former Ross Shep T-Bird. Connor Alley and the Duke of Delburn, Brandon Douglas. Uh, coming up at 12, it's the lowdown with Alan Mitchell. And then 2 o'clock till 6, Jason Greger takes us home with the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440. Thanks to you, our listeners. Really appreciate you tuning in today and uh, being a part of our show with uh, all the great texts that came in, even you, Bob. <laughs> Coming up, top of the hour, it is uh, Fantasy Frenzy. Before that, time now for a Sports 1440 update with the lovely and talented Donovan, the intern. Have a wonderful day, everybody. We'll see you back here tomorrow at 7 o'clock.